Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week, and we have an absolute ton of breaches for you this week. But before we begin, as always, I'd like to thank the following people, and that would be Barrett Peterson, Jay Dance, Jin Pak, uh, Josh Green, and Bill Payton. Guys, thank you very much. If you have a tip for me, please send it my way, and I'll give you a shout out here, as you know. And so with that, let's get going, because we have no time to lose, and we're going to start with the United States with United Healthcare. Now, United Healthcare made customers aware of a data breach this past Friday, which temporarily allowed access to personal information for those enrolled in the company's healthcare plans. And according to a statement, quote unquote, suspicious activity was noticed on the UHC mobile app that, quote, may have led to the disclosure of member information, end quote. Now, the company says this breach happened between February 19th and the, through the 25th of this year, and it was determined or on April 10th that some member information was impacted. They believe that information including members' first and last names, health insurance member identification numbers, dates of birth, addresses, dates of service, provider names, claim information, and group name and number may have been available. So heads up to you if you have United Healthcare for your health insurance here in the United States. Moving on, let's talk about Albertsons companies. They own a chain, or multiple chains, I should say, of grocery stores. They're based out of Idaho here in the Chicagoland area. They own Jewel Osco, and so they are pretty large. A malware attack hit them late last year, allowing an attacker to obtain the personal information of nearly 33,000 of the employees. Now, uh, news reporting was saying that the attacker stole sensitive employee information, including names, dates of birth, and social security numbers. The company sent letters to employees last week about this breach. It also said the company learned about the problem on December 23rd that a quote-unquote unauthorized party accessed and removed this data, so possibly a ransomware event. I do not know if this impacted employees directly or also the labor union that works in their stores. And so, Heads up to you. <clears throat> if you have anything to do with Albertsons uh, as an employee, you may be caught up in this. Moving on. I want to start out with, uh, actually, it's not a new segment. I started it last week, but I don't necessarily know what to name it. So this week, I am naming it, If You Just Paid for Decent Cybersecurity, You Wouldn't Be Facing a Class Action. And so let's go through the class actions that were announced this week. And I checked to make sure that I didn't duplicate. None of these are duplicates from last week. But here's what's going on. The first class action up is Oklahoma City University. Uh, basically, they were negligent, apparently, according to the breach or according to the lawsuit, with the storage of students' data, leading to a breach that may have compromised thousands of people's social security numbers, driver's license numbers, and passport numbers. This is, again, according to a class action lawsuit. Also, according to that lawsuit, that data breach was suffered in July of 2022, which affected students who were notified in a letter sent on March 20th of 2023, eight months later, meaning your data was hanging out there. You didn't have the ability to take action. So heads up to you. If you have anything to do with Oklahoma City University, you might eventually get paid. You might also get paid if you have anything to do with One Brooklyn Health because plaintiff Kaya or Kia Johnson filed a suit in Brooklyn State Supreme Court after receiving a April 20th letter from One Brooklyn Health acknowledging that a quote-unquote unauthorized actor hacked its data operations and acquired a limited amount of data between July 9th and November 11th of last year when this breach was discovered. Now, defendant One Brooklyn Health oversees Brookdale Interfaith and Kingbrook Jewish Hospitals. And basically, these are so-called safety net facilities because they serve among the poorest and neediest patients in the city and receive tens of millions of dollars in subsidies from that state. So heads up to you. 
If you use one Brooklyn Health, you too might get paid. Moving on, let's talk about Mount St. Mary College. They, according to the lawsuit, failed to protect personally identifiable information belonging to its current and former students, employees, and applicants for admission or employment during December uh, during a December uh, 2022 data breach. They also failed to properly protect and safeguard the information given to them by approximately 17,000 individuals who either attempted to enroll or be eligible for employment with the school. Again, this is according to the lawsuit. Lawsuit. So heads up to you, Mount St. Mary College applicants and employees and students. Moving on, let's talk about Conifer Health. They are a subsidiary of the Tenant Health Corp. And basically, they provide financial services to healthcare providers. And they, according to their lawsuit, neg negligently failed to protect the personal information of their clients and patients in connection with a 2022 data breach. <clears throat> and there you go. This one is a federal class action here in the United States. Moving on. It's going to be bumping in the city of Oakland because they're filing a class action lawsuit or rather a class action lawsuit is being filed against the city of Oakland for negligence and related privacy violations arising out of their recent high profile cybersecurity data breach. On February 8th of 2023, the city of Oakland reportedly discovered basically a malware event, uh, looks like ransomware, and then they got hit again later on. So city of Oakland now there you go. If you're a resident, heads up. Moving on, <clears throat> let's talk about Don Roberto Jewelers. I don't know where they are. I assume the United States. They agreed to pay $4 million settlement to resolve claims that a 2021 data breach compromises sensitive consumer information. Now, the settlement benefits individuals who had an address on file with Don Roberto Jewelers at the time of the data breach and whose personal information was compromised in that breach. So the deadline for exclusion objection is June 12th. And so if you use Don Roberto Jewelers for all your jewelry needs, they're going to owe you money. Go claim it. And there you go. Proof that $4 million for Don Roberto Juniors is way more than it would have cost to actually just secure themselves properly. And finally, in this mini segment is the American Bar Association. I talked about them last week, earlier in the year as well. Because in an April 21 complaint filed against the U.S. filed in, I should say, the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of New York, the ABA, or rather their member, Tiffany Troy, alleged that the breach was caused by the association's, quote, knowing violation of its obligations to abide by best practices and industry standards in protecting customers' personal information, end quote. The ABA has 1.4 million members that are affected by this. And obviously, we all saw this coming. I mean, you're talking about literally the largest organization of lawyers in the United States, one of the most litigious countries in the United States. You better believe they were going to get sued. And this is going to be a real interesting lawyer fight. And here we go. And with that, let's move on back to our regular breaches. But those are all your class actions for the past week. And like I said, it's just cheaper to protect yourself than it is to pay out. And there you go. Next up is the Diocese of Las Vegas. This would be the Catholic Church in the, or basically the, the the Catholic Diocese of Las Vegas. They say their IT systems were impacted on March 12th. The information of parishioners, volunteers, donors, and stakeholders may have been compromised. I don't have much more than that, but if you're Catholic and you belong to a Catholic church in the Diocese of Las Vegas, you might want to check in. <laughs> Moving on, a quick update on the Fortra Go Anywhere. Every week, new company has to declare, and here we are. And this week, it's the Santa Clara Family Health Plan. They were on Fortra Go Anywhere. I've been reporting on them for months. Companies around the world have been using Go Anywhere, so I'll keep on rolling. But here we are. Moving on. 
Let's head down under to Amnesty International Australia. On late Friday, Amnesty International Australia sent an email to supporters informing them that their data might be risked due to a quote-unquote anomalous activity event detected in their environment. While the email went out very late in the day and roughly the week as well, it also went out a very long time after that activity was interestingly found. The email cited by Gizmodo Australia says that activity was detected late last year and they became aware of this activity on the 3rd of December of 2022 and so obviously that's months afterwards and here we are <clears throat> moving on let's head on over to Finland and talk about Helsinki University Hospital because they recently issued a press release stating that one of their employees had been suspected of a serious breach of information security. This employee in question was responsible for managing customer invoices at HUS, and during the investigation, it was discovered that they had made unauthorized searches in both the National Population Register and HUS's patient record system. However, they did not have access to uh, medical notes, test results, or other health-related information. According to the statement, the security breaches occurred between October of 2019 through March March of 2023 during the employee's tenure. This is why training is so important, especially for hospitals. For all we know, this person was stocking an X or just randomly looking things up like, I don't know, maybe famous people in Finland. We have no idea. But heads up to you if you're a patient at Helsinki University Hospital. Moving on. Let's talk about the IMA Financial Group because on April 19th, they filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Texas after experiencing a data security incident resulting in the confidential data being accessible by an unauthorized party. We are talking about names, dates of birth, social security numbers, driver's license information, and other government ID numbers, health information, and insurance claimed info. They've sent letters out to impacted individuals, but heads up if you have anything to do with IMA Financial Group. Moving on, Livingston International on April 24th, they filed with Texas's attorney general as well and basically said that confidential consumer information that had been entrusted to them basically was access. We're talking names, address, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, and financial account information. After confirming that all consumer data was leaked, Livingston began sending out breach notification letters to all individuals who were impacted as well. That's crazy, but we're going to keep on going because we are nowhere near done. Let's talk about Dutch tank storage company and oh my god, I apologize to my Dutch viewers and listeners, Konikolijki Vopak NV. I'm just going to call them Vopak. They're just kind of, we're just, they're Vopak. Dutch tank storage company Vopak. Now, recently, they uh, basically, uh, uh, suffered a data breach in their Pengarang terminal in Malaysia. Quote, an IT incident resulted in the unauthorized access of some data at the terminal being investigated. Now, they're based out of Rotterdam, and they mentioned this this past Saturday. There's no impact of OPAC's global network, according to a spokesperson. And so if you have anything to do with touch Dutch tank storage company, unpronounceable word, or at least for me, it's unpronounceable. I'm sure, it's pronounceable for you. Vopac NV heads up to you. Moving on, let's head up to the Great White North and talk about Canadian software company Atonix Systems. Now they're a virtual, uh, basically a virtual care platform. Now they learned in March <clears throat> that an unauthorized party may have gained access to an internal test data environment where personal health information of Canadian patients 
was being temporarily stored. This is why when you have test environments, you never use real data. And here we are. The first to declare so far is Queensway Carlton Hospital. Um, basically, the health and personal information, home addresses, and OHIP numbers of up to 100,000 patients uh, essentially are part of this. So if you use Queensway Carlton Hospital, heads up to you. We're going to see if any other Canadian healthcare systems or any other healthcare systems declare as a result. You know I'll be keeping you up to date on this. Moving on, let's talk about Southeastern Louisiana University because in February 23, reports began to surface at Southeastern Louisiana University, or we're just going to call them Southeastern, experienced a cyber incident following comments made by their administration. Now, at that time, they did not disclose a breach, though, and here we are. And so, uh, basically, Southeastern right now still has not filed a notice of data breach. However, if the school learns that this happened, uh, you know, there you go. And so, apparently, rumors are circulating that this did happen, that things were impacted, um, you know, and one of the things that, that also is an indicator of this is that one of the prominent ransomware gangs has now listed them on their dark website. So, we're going to see where this goes. But if uh, you go to uh, Southeastern Louisiana University, heads up to you, odds are you're probably going to be in a data breach and, you know, I'll keep you up to date here. Moving on. Let's talk about United Steelworkers Local 286 because on the 14th of this year, they filed a notice of data breach with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So it's a HIPAA breach. Now, based on their filing, what we're talking about are full names, social security numbers, dates of birth, financial account numbers, driver's license numbers, state ID numbers, passport numbers, financial account numbers, and protected health information. After confirming this was leaked, basically USW Local 286 began sending out breach notification letters to all individuals. So if you work uh, basically for Local 286 or you are a union member or a pensioner, please make sure you check in and protect yourself. Moving on, let's talk about the cold storage giant AmeriCold. And I actually talked about them, I want to say it was a year or two ago. I had to go back and look that up. Um, now, they uh, basically are a leading cold storage and logistics company, and they've been facing IT issues since their network was breached this past Tuesday night. Now, the company said that they had contained the attack. They're now investigating. Um, basically, it's also affected operations per customer and employee reports. It's also estimated that their system will be down until at least next week, according to a memo seen by Bleeping Computer. Americold asked customers to cancel all inbound deliveries past next week and to reschedule all but the most critical outbounds reaching expiration dates. So if your freezers are getting less cold and it's becoming an emergency, give them a call. If not, please wait. Americold is trying to move as fast as they can. Moving on. Let's talk about Sun Pharmaceutical Industries, <clears throat> because on April 19th, they filed with the Attorney General of Massachusetts after data security incident, and based off of this, we're talking about names and social security numbers of consumers, and so basically, uh, they began sending out notices of breach to those impacted, so heads up if you use Sun Pharmaceutical Industries for all your industrial pharmaceutical needs, I'm guessing. Moving on, let's talk about Astral Brands, headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia. Apparently, this is a um, cosmetic corporation they disclosed an incident in letters sent to affected clients that said they had quote recently detected unauthorized access to its network systems that resulted in the potential exposure of data we maintain now as of april 26 1884 people are said to have been affected by this breach which may lead to names credit card numbers financial account numbers passwords pins dates of birth passports social security numbers driver's license details and health insurance and other medical information being obtained by threat access Actors. So if you work for or a customer of Astral Brands, heads up to you. Moving on. 
Let's head on over to Bulgaria in Eastern Europe. The Bulgarian tax authority may be liable for damages and, and may be to blame for a huge data, look, data leak that took place in that country. This is according to an advisor to the European, uh, European Union's Data Protection, or GDPR. We don't have much more information right now <clears throat> on this that's freely available, but heads up because uh, I do remember reporting on basically, I think it was every Bulgarian taxpayer getting caught up in this. And so huge fines will roll for that country if that is the case. So heads up if you're in Bulgaria or pay taxes to the Bulgarian government. Moving on. Let's talk about a single Ukrainian cyber criminal. And I thought this one was interesting because the cyber police of Ukraine arrested a man aged 36 in the western city of Netshin for selling the personal data of more than 300 million individuals. Now, this unidentified man administered closed groups and channels on Telegram, which he used to steal information such as Ukrainian and European passport, taxpayer and driver's license numbers, as well as bank account data and birth certificates. Customers included Russian citizens and sales to, quote, using currencies prohibited on the territory of Ukraine, end quote, according to Ukrainian police. And so there you go. You might be in the middle of a war. People are still trying to make money, illegal or otherwise. Moving on, let's talk about the North Carolina-based network infrastructure provider Comscope, because last week attackers published data stolen from Comscope through a ransomware attack, and among this were employees' social security numbers and bank account details. Now, according to multiple reports, on March 27th, the company detected an unauthorized access to parts of its IT infrastructure through a ransomware attack. It is unknown how many employees were affected. So if you work for Comscope in North Carolina, I hope you already know. Moving on, let's head on over to the United Kingdom and talk about Royal Shrewsbury Hospital because an investigation has been launched after a file containing personal details of hospital patients on a respiratory ward were found dumped on a path in Telford. Now, the discovery of these notes from Royal Shrewsbury Hospital was made by a jogger near Grange Pools Stitchley, apparently this past Monday morning. Now, it comes a month after sensitive medical letters were wrongly sent to a patient instead of a doctor's surgery from that same hospital in its latest breach. The notes found by this jogger included names, ages, medical history, drug treatment, and details of patients who basically are living with these kinds of things. And so this obviously is a huge thing. It maybe just fell out of a doctor's bag, but then why did it leave the hospital? Who knows? Because a jogger in Telford, and I have no idea how far Telford is from the Royal Shrewsbury Hospital, but it's never good, even when you have a physical breach, let alone a data one. Moving on, let's talk about the city of Lowell in Massachusetts, and they are alerting residents to a cyber attack that impacted the municipality's computer systems this past Monday. Quote, we realized Monday morning around 3 to 5 a.m. that there was a breach. That's according to city manager Tom Golden. Now, Mr. Golden also said that phones, emails, and other systems were down as a result, although he did say uh, 911 and other emergency numbers were not impacted, so there's no reason to believe this has been a data breach. This is not being described as a ransomware attack. I don't have much more than that, but if you live in Lowell, Massachusetts, heads up to you. Your government obviously has stuff on you. We'll see what happens. Moving on, let's head on over to Kenya and talk about their supermarket chain, Naivas. Now, Naivas is one of the largest supermarket chains in Kenya, and they suffered a ransomware attack that compromised the sensitive personal information of its customers. Naiva said in a statement that the attack had been contained and the operations have resumed normally. They also stated that while attackers have threatened to leak data online, the supermarket does not store credit card or debit card information. And at that time, or at the same time, Navas also stated that its payments on its systems were safe and secure. And so if you're a shopper in Navas, heads up to you. I have to imagine this is affecting mostly Kenyans, but again, if they're over the border, uh, you know, to countries around Kenya, 
you definitely want to make sure that you are checking in. Moving on, let's head back up to the Great White North and talk about Yellow Pages Canada. Now, uh, essentially, they got hit with a cyber attack. Now, the Black Basta ransomware and extortion game has claimed responsibility for this attack, and what they are claiming they've got are ID documents, such as scans of passports and driver's license, exposing, obviously, all of that information, dates of birth, addresses, etc. They are also exposing tax documents like social insurance numbers, or SIN numbers, sales and purchase agreements, account receivable spreadsheets dated from February of this year, budget and debt forecasts um, dated from December of last year and all of that. So heads up to you. If you do have anything to do with Yellow Pages Canada, you might want to check in. Also, let's talk about Marionette Marine Shipyard. We're heading to Wisconsin in the United States, uh, just north of here. Now, this shipyard builds basically the U.S. Navy's Freedom Class Littoral Combat Ship and the Constellation Class Guided Missile Frigate, and they suffered a ransomware attack last week that delayed production of those warships across the shipyard. Now, uh, Marionette Marine experienced this attack in the early mornings of April 12th when large chunks of data on the ship, uh, ship shipyard's network service were rendered unusable by an unknown professional group. So that's all we've got right now. Obviously very sensitive. Uh, they are a core contractor for or prime contractor for the United States Navy. Obviously actually building the battleships and the ships of war that the U.S. Navy uses to defend this country. So obviously that's a huge problem. We're going to see where this goes. You know, if, you know, proprietary design, schematics, controlled unclassified information, etc. That's why we have the CMMC. And finally... Finally, finally, and here we go. And first things first, before I start, mom, mom, I'm talking to my mother. If you are watching or listening to this, please turn this off. There's nothing to report. We are officially done. You can go and just go do your thing. So thanks, mom, for watching or listening if you actually are. So adios. Okay, now that my mother is gone, we have to discuss two dating sites, and this one is rather interesting because attackers have stolen email addresses, direct messages, and other personal data from users of two dating websites. And again, I hope my mother is not watching this anymore. I told her to go to bed. <laughs> but attackers have breached two waiting two dating websites, and you can figure out what these are all about. The first one is City Jerks, and the other one is Trucker Sucker. There you go. Now, Troy Hunt of Have I Been Pwned uh, basically told TechCrunch that he analyzes stolen data and found usernames, email addresses, passwords, profile pictures, sexual orientation, users' dates of birth, their city states, IP addresses, biographies, like everything. Now, the stolen passwords, unfortunately, were you were basically hashed by weak algorithms so they could be easily cracked. And on top of this, the data is also deeply sensitive. For example, they include hookup messages because this is literally what these sites are for. And so from Trucker Sucker, for example, uh, quote, I will be in Jackson on business during the day on November 13th. If you're interested, message me back. I won't have a place, will you? Now, in a post advertising uh, data stolen from Trucker Sucker, they also claim to have a database that contains this kind of information from 8,000 users. And there were other examples that I'm just simply not going to put there. You can go read about this all you want. Now, in the post about City Jerks, the sellers are claiming that basically this is a database that contains this type of data from 77,000 users. So we are talking about about 85, just under 90,000 people affected by this. Now, City Jerks advertises themselves as a place to basically help people find partners to, let's just say, mutually enjoy oneself with others. Now, this is why I wanted my mother to go to bed, but here we are. And, and I think what this underscores, because this is like any other data breach, but 
If you're on one of these sites, what you're going to be doing is basically communicating with people in a very, very deeply graphic and intimate way. And why this is one of the finalies is that you have to understand that when you're using some kind of website, you are entering into a trust relationship with that site. You are trusting that they have your best practices for security at hand. And now, obviously, if you're going to one of these sites, and I'm just going to be honest with you, you're probably horny and lonely, and, and here we are. And so you're not really thinking about these things, but we really have to step back and create a filter of distrust as we are entering into relationships with any site. I don't don't care if it's amazon.com or it's trucker sucker you know whatever it is we have to make sure that they have good data practices that they're adhering to these things and that they are stating that they've got this now obviously you're taking them at their word they may have something incredibly unique to your situation you know that that you want but but here we are so we're gonna see what happens with this but i i have a feeling that if this gets out and it's in have i been pwned and this stuff gets out there's gonna be a lot of people that may be caught up with this in the same way that we saw a lot of people get caught up with ashley madison there's a lot of sensitive things you know going on in there and there was a famous guy i think he he belonged to that family that has like 20 siblings or whatever and he was one of those siblings i mean so so you never know who's gonna get caught up in these things but just make sure you're checking these websites and now we're going to move on. And if my mom's still here, I apologize, but we're going to keep going because we got two more for you. The next one is Iranian hackers, because basically, and this is an interesting report from CNN a couple of days ago, Iranian hackers accessed a U.S. municipal website for reporting unofficial election results in the 2020 election. But they were kicked off by U.S. military hackers who did not, and this for the record, did not have any impact on the voting, according to a top general speaking to CNN this Monday. There was never any risk that vote counts could have been altered by this attack because those election night websites, uh, those reports, preliminary data, rather than certified ballot results, meaning if they got in and they manipulated all of that, it has nothing to do with the actual certified count. Instead, U.S. officials were concerned that the attackers might use their access to the website to mislead the public by posting fake results. In other words, they could skim this information, <clears throat> make it, let's say, in this case, let's say, I don't know, wh whatever city it is, and they're not saying what city it is, let's say Biden won by 5,000 votes. And so they make it look like Trump won by 10,000 votes. And the certification says, well, no, Biden actually won. Boom, there you go. And those are the kinds of things that everybody's worried about. I've talked about disinformation campaigns, which is why this is one of the finalies. Quote, our concern is always that some type of web defacement on the night of the election could make it look like the vote had been tampered with when that's absolutely not true. End quote. That's according to Major, Major General uh, William Hartman, uh, head of U.S. Cyber Command's Cyber National Mission Force, talking at the RSA Security Conference this past week in San Francisco. Now, Cyber uh, Command, if you didn't know, is the military's offensive and defensive hacking unit, and they discovered this Iranian intrusion during a mission in foreign cyberspace, according to the general. The U.S. military then executed its own cyber operation to basically kick the Iranians out of that network of a U.S. city to ensure that their attackers were, quote, unable to come back into the network in basically the run-up to the 2020 election. Again, the U.S. city was not named, but these are the kinds of things that we are worried about. This would not have affected the total, but if the population that, let's say, supports one candidate over another, you know, sees, uh, you know, online that their candidate won by a huge number, and suddenly the the net, the certification says absolutely not, the other person won. Now you're screaming manipulation. Now you're thinking there's a problem when there actually isn't. 
It's disinformation, and it's one of the most pervasive and terrifying things. And I think as we ramp up the chat GPTs and other LLMs of the world, we're going to continue to have this problem because it's going to be easier and easier and easier to simply dump out fake information and mislead an, an, an entire swath of the population. And it's just driving a wedge. It's a huge problem. And finally, finally, we have to talk about Salesforce. And the reason why we're talking about Salesforce is they are one of the largest platforms for businesses on the planet. The Salesforce conference every year, Dreamforce, is utterly utterly massive they basically take over the entire city i think it's bigger than rsa so this is a huge thing now this is coming from brian krebs of krebs on security and here's what he's talking about a shocking number of organizations including banks and healthcare providers are leaking private and sensitive information from their public Salesforce community websites. The data exposures all stem from a misconfiguration in Salesforce community that allows an unauthenticated user to access records that should only be available after logging in. Salesforce community, if you didn't know, is a widely used cloud-based software product that makes it easier for organizations to quickly create websites. Customers can access Salesforce community websites in two ways. One, authenticated access, which requires a login, and two, guest user access, no login required. The guest access feature allows an unauthenticated user to view specific content and resources without needing to log in. So if you had a community site up, you could like literally send me an email and say, Nick, we're inviting you to this because let's say I'm a third-party contractor and need access to this. And so you're giving me guest access. Now, here's the thing, because however... All of that, sometimes Salesforce administrators mistakenly grant guests user access to internal resources, can then, which can then cause unauthorized users to gain access to private information and potentially lead to data leaks until being contacted uh, um, by... Uh, Basically, until being contacted by Brian Krebs on Monday, the state of Vermont had at least five separate Salesforce community sites that allowed guest access to sensitive data, including a pandemic unemployment assistance program that exposed the applicant's full name, social security number, address, phone number, email, and bank account number. And so this obviously is a huge thing. Now, He's not throwing this on he's not throwing Salesforce under the bus. This is the same problem that we have, especially when we are doing audits in my company of things like Microsoft Azure or Amazon AWS, where they give you all of these tools. If you don't enable these tools, use these tools to lock down your Salesforce site, your, your Azure site, your AWS site, your whatever site, it's not on the providing uh, the hosting provider. They're giving you the tools in the arsenal. <clears throat> you are misconfiguring something. This is why change management is so important. This this is why reviews and vulnerability testing and penetration testing are so unbelievably important to organizations. And so this was a crazy long uh, video today, but there's just so much going on in the past seven days. We just had to get it all in. So those were your breaches of the week. And mom, if you're still up, you really should have listened to me. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.